Hi, I'm Tom Field, Senior Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today about complying with Binding Operational Directive 18-01. My pleasure to speak with Patrick Peterson. He's the founder and executive chairman of Agari. Patrick, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me on a topic very near and very dear to my heart. Well, as you know, U.S. government agencies find themselves now having to comply with this binding operational directive to enhance email and web security. If you were to boil it down, what are the immediate tasks for these agencies? So task number one is to issue your agency plan of action, which was actually due uh, a few days ago. So if you haven't got it done, go to the summary of this podcast and you can actually find a great link to the Agari guide for that. But the Department of Homeland Security is expecting you to have your agency plan of action. So that's job number one. Uh, and again, the good news is on this podcast, we've got links to those resources. But second, and perhaps more seriously, the great news about this directive, it is profoundly common sense. It simply says people interact with our government over web and email. There are a number of incredibly mature open standards things like encrypting email in transit, making sure no one can spoof your identity, or making sure your websites are secure with technologies like HTTP strip transport security. And after you put together your agency plan of action with Yagari guides, you then begin going through a stepwise process to deploy those technologies. You've got a year to do it. The technology is quite simple, but given the complexity of government organizations, there can be quite a few steps to go through. What we've seen so far is some of the organizations who have already been on the curve for securing these technologies have found it very easy to submit that plan of action, collect all the king's horses, all the king's men, uh, and get set on a journey, not just to comply with the directive, but to make our citizens and government more safe. Patrick, given that complexity, what do you see as perhaps the toughest task for the agencies when it comes to email security? We definitely think that the web directives around HS. TS are quite straightforward. And similarly, enabling start TLS, which is another requirement, um, is really quite trivial as well. I think the actual complexity will be the DMARC deployments. And if I may, I'd like to explain to the audience why that is. And, and, and for me, it goes all the way back to 1982 when we invented email and we crafted email at its birth with the original sin, which is anyone can send an email claiming to be anyone else. And so what we have today in 2017 is a situation where many federal agencies, departments, divisions, groups have decided that there's innovative ways to communicate with their citizens, with their constituents, with their, with their vendors, with their contractors. And so they have spun up email solutions, cloud solutions, customer communication solution, automated systems that communicate via email. And what you'll find then that makes DMARC so difficult is there are all sorts of organizations and sources of email that you would never imagine at your agency that are being used. Now, on the plus side, that's great because you're taking advantage of technology in innovative ways. But when it comes to the downside, that inability to police email historically has made it open season for criminals. That's why we think of it as the original sin. And the most difficult thing for you to do will be to actually begin to slowly understand all the various ways that email's being used, and slowly put that genie back in the bottle, slowly cure email's original sin. Complying with the directive and the binding operational directive around DMARC 
and getting to the point where no one except your organizations can claim to be you, and there's no more shadow IT in terms of all sorts of rogue uses and malicious uses, perhaps even by nation states, of your domains. But that, I think, is the place to double down, and that's the place to be most diligent in succeeding is with the DMARC section. Well, let's talk a little bit about DMARC. For folks that aren't familiar enough, let's talk about the origins, but more important, let's talk about the adoption of DMARC and what it can help solve for these government agencies. Mm, great question. Um, and, and sadly, sometimes this really gets misconstrued and misunderstood. So let's set the record straight. If we do another little time travel exercise, not back to 1982, let's go back to about 2007. Organizations got together then and realized there was this problem that anyone on the planet could claim to be them. One of the primary inventors and, and godfathers of this technology was PayPal. And if you remember in the 2006-2007 timeframe, there wasn't nary a criminal on the planet who didn't like to send emails claiming to be PayPal, but there was no way for PayPal to stop them from doing so. And so myself and Google and Yahoo and Bank of America and PayPal and Facebook got together and said, this is not a technological problem that we need to build a better widget or a faster mousetrap or, or move things to the cloud. It's fundamental to the email technology. Let's take some existing open standards like SPF and DKIM and let's build the DMARC layer so that you can understand who's using your domain, the shadow IT problem, and you can actually authenticate the sources you want to, and you can get to the point where you can instruct the world, this is how to tell if a message is from me, and if someone is not authorized to be from me, let's stop them from sending a message to any receiver. Let's stop the consumer phishing, the employee phishing problem out there on a brand-by-brand -brand basis. And so between 2007 and 2012, we forged that technology. We announced it at the very beginning of 2012. And for the last five years, it has been very successfully solving the problem of, I own a domain, I do business with email sending from that domain, and I would like to make sure that no one is impersonating me. And if they do, I want to track them down, whether it be a rogue department in my marketing organization or my customer communications, or whether it be one of those nasty actors who's a cyber criminal, a hacktivist, or a nation state. And that's what DMARC was designed to do. That's the one problem it solves, unlike anything that's ever come before. And that's where we've seen such tremendous success, largely in the private sector, uh, and to some degree in the public sector, which I'm sure we're going to see accelerate. So, Patrick, you've been fortunate enough to be there since day one. What can agencies learn from some of the DMARC pioneers? First thing to learn is this is really not rocket science. We're not talking about crafting a new technology. We're not talking about forklift upgrading a lot of your complicated systems. It was really designed to be an overlay technology that allows you to keep your current investments, your current technologies, and just solve this particular problem of protecting your identity and protecting the citizens of this country from people impersonating you. But there's two important elements to, to, to learn that we've seen time and time again, and this is true in the private sector as well as the public sector. This is quite a complicated big data problem. DMARC is going to allow you, as soon as you publish that DMARC record uh, that's required according to the guidelines by January 15th, 2018 in the directive, to begin getting intelligence from a billion mailboxes at Google, 800 million mailboxes at Microsoft, hundreds of millions of other mailboxes at Yahoo and AOL and foreign ISPs and enterprises. 
So suddenly you're going to start to see a massive barrage of these incredibly complicated, um, in some cases quite fragile XML files, and transforming that raw data into intelligence, workflow, alerts, things that your business, your agency can operate on is a large, complicated, big data problem. And while I'm very proud of the fact that DMARC is an open standard, and any agency who wants can deploy this technology themselves with no requirement for any vendor, the biggest lesson that I think your audience can learn from our pioneers in the agencies is that in most cases, you probably don't want to spend your very precious data scientists, big data resources, database programmers in order to solve this problem. And you normally turn to a vendor who spent many calendar years and many tens or hundreds of man years building a big data solution. The second thing I would, I would share from some of our pioneers is the most sticky problem once you've conquered the big data problem, either with the 15 data scientists you've got lying around or a great vendor, is that shadow IT problem. You're going to find people are sending mail claiming to be your agency from groups that you didn't know existed using systems and technologies you had no idea were being used. In most cases, that's not going to be malicious, but making sure that you've got a stepwise workflow to engage them, to make sure that they understand that you're happy to allow it, but they've got to join the 21st century and you can wrestle that shadow IT. That's also the second thing to learn, a problem that can be solved, uh, but oftentimes a bigger problem than people would expect when they think they can count on one hand all the people in their agency or division who send email. Let's talk about Agari. How are you helping organizations to improve email authentication and security? Maybe the best way to think about that, Tom, is to give you three numbers. And this is from a report that you can find that Agari just released on federal adoption of DMARC. The first one is 32%. And so when we scanned the 1,100 domains uh, which are .govs that have to comply with this DHS directive, 32% of them had published a DMARC record, and so 32% of them are compliant with the directive's requirements for January 15th to publish a DMARC record, and that's fantastic. In addition, 12% of them had actually reached the promised land, what we call a DMARC reject policy, that eliminates the ability of anyone else to spoof your domain. So if I give an example, uh, CMS.gov, HHS.gov, these are examples of our pioneers at Health and Human Services who have deployed these technologies, who have made those domains in healthcare.gov safe by getting to DMARC reject, which has eliminated spoofing, which has eliminated phishing, which has made our citizenry, who may have to interact with our federal government at HHS, much more secure. And so it's 32% have done something and 12% have actually reached the point where they're compliant with the 12-month deadline to get to reject. The last statistic I'll give you is 94%. And so when we looked at all of the government domains which have actually begun this journey, 94% of them rely on Agari. And because the DMARC records are public in DNS and you specify who gets your data, that's very easy to scan. And so I'm incredibly proud of the fact that some of the very earliest pioneers, the Postal Service, uh, census, Health and Human Services, and others chose Agari, and that we've been there for 94% of the organizations who started this journey, and our various reports on how to comply with the directive, how to fill out the monthly forms uh, that are required by DHS, uh, are there for the federal agencies as well. Patrick, we've covered a lot in this interview. 
If you were to boil it down, what would be your tactical advice to agencies regarding compliance with this DHS directive? Two-part answer. And first is, this is really common sense stuff. I challenge you to find a document that's been published by the federal government in the last decade that is easier to understand and does just not reek of common sense. You know, for example, if I just quote the directive, federal agency cyber hygiene greatly impacts user security. By implementing security standards that have been widely adopted, we can make our citizens safer. And really, it's as simple as that. Let's disable weak ciphers. Let's protect our domains. And so if we start with that as the foundation, I think the second point I would make is don't be afraid of the technology. Uh, don't reach for it with a 10-foot pole. It's much more a question of going about that age-old problem of, quote, eating the elephant, which is one bite at a time. If you take the right approach and on the web, website by website by website, which ones have weak ciphers, which of them don't support HTTPS, those are very simple changes to make, but you may have to make it for many domains, for many third parties, uh, for many web servers. I think similarly, going through all your domains, getting the DMARC intelligence, and wrestling that shadow IT problem is relatively straightforward. There just may be many, many steps. So my most important advice is be not afraid, but make sure that you on your own with your program management or with the right vendor, there may be some great vendors for this, have that ability to break this up into small bite-sized pieces. And whether there's 10 of them or 100 of them or 1,000 of them, you can get this done in the next 330 days or so that are required in the directive. It is absolutely doable. Um, folks like Health and Human Services are speaking publicly about their experience to help others, uh, but the most critical thing will be to be able to break this off into bite-sized, small, common-sense chunks uh, to keep citizens like myself safer from the attacks we see today. Well, Patrick, great insight. I appreciate your time and your thoughts today. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. And I can't wait for a follow-up conversation where we can talk about the amazing success the federal government has made in these areas. We've been talking today about complying with the DHS Binding Operational Directive 18-01. I've been speaking with Patrick Peterson, his founder and executive chairman of AGARI. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.